Hey guys, welcome. We are live tonight. We are right here again on night number seven, and thank you for jumping in. I really believe that we're living in a moment of time that if we can discern by the Holy Spirit what he's doing in the earth today, I really believe that we are being divinely positioned to make our greatest impact in the shortest amount of time. Now, uh, I I want you to know, I, I want to say that again to you, because some of you may be like me, and you feel like sometimes by trying to keep up with what's going on, you feel like your head is spinning, trying to make sense, trying to make a rational sense of this unconscionable chaos that seems to have cultures around the world swirling completely out of control. But our focus is not chaos. Somebody say that. Our focus is covenant. Our our focus is not the problem. Our focus is on the promise. Our focus is not on the madness, but our focus is on the message of the word of God for our time. So let me just say for you again tonight, let me just say this one more time. I believe that you and I are being divinely positioned to make the maximum impact in the shortest amount of time in our lives. And so guys, if we're going to make maximum impact, we must receive a word that will break us out of the patterns of old and will release in us a new pattern. It's a pattern of the revelation of the kingdom of God, summarily defined in the Holy Scripture from cover to cover. Let me remind you again, the Holy Bible is a book of covenant. It is a book of promise. And that's exactly how we started this week together as we began on January 1, the 21-day communion fast. Now, this is already day seven, and tomorrow we're going to begin with a little different scripture, but I really am making an attempt to build every night kind of precept or principle upon precept or principle so that we could really begin to establish a foundational truth at the beginning of 23 that would bring you and me in this time by faith into a place of maximum impact in the shortest amount of time. Would somebody write that for me right down there? Maximum impact in the shortest amount of time. Here's what I'm praying. I'm believing that 2023 will be for you a year of recovery. It is an El Shaddai year. It's a year of the all-knowing, all-revealing, all-supplying, all-sufficient God of showing up at the right time that he might strengthen us, establish us, shape us, uh, encourage us to take bold steps 
to dream big dreams in 2023. And uh, so we are uh, excited about all that God's doing. Now, there is a chance that Jennifer and I will be on the road some this week. So you can be watching for that because we may do the broadcast some nights like we've done at other times. We may do them on the road. We may do them in a truck stop. We've done live communions in church closets and in motel banquet halls and everywhere in between. Why? Because I am convicted in my heart more than I am adequate to communicate to you. I am convicted in my heart that we must return to the fundamentals of the Word of God if we're going to begin to see the foundational reformation and awakening that we are all longing to see. So with that said, let's jump right in tonight uh, because of our delayed start and my issue with my computer. It wasn't the issue with my computer. It was my issue because, you know, every now and then you need to plug the computer in, Ricky. And so I will get that. Okay, here we go. You know where I'm going? If you've been with me, and I've not given the scripture reference yet, let's see the first person that can write in the message area, right down there, the scripture that we're going to go to first tonight. So is there somebody do that? It's an El Shaddai kind of year, Lola. It's exactly right. Thank you, Elizabeth, for writing maximum impact in the shortest amount of time. Somebody needs to receive that tonight because sometimes we feel like we don't have the time. But look, nobody in the earth has had more time than you. And so um, we are excited about the work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and lives of ordinary men and women to accomplish much in a short period of time. Well, look at there. <clears throat> Look there. Lola says Genesis 15, 1, and she's exactly right. So let's begin right there. By the way, if you didn't know that, go ahead and write it in your journal. Do you have your journal nearby? I showed somebody my journal yesterday. They saw my journal for 2023. And uh, when they saw it, they said it looked like a Christmas journal. Well, it's different than any journal I've ever had. It's not a Christmas journal, but Graham and Mary Harvey and their beautiful family uh, made a trip to Scotland, and they bought me this beautiful journal in Scotland and brought it back with them to give to me for my journal uh, in 2023. And uh, it's very, I treasure it a lot. And so when you see us this year, this is the journal that you will see us carrying. But I want to encourage you to write in your journal, if you have not already, Genesis 15, 1, and let that become foundational for you in 2023. Here's what it says. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So every night this week, we've been looking at the word of the Lord came to Abram, and I've not really emphasized much in a vision. Can I tell you something? I believe that the Holy Spirit ministers divinely through dreams and visions, prophetic utterances, and words of knowledge. But I want you to know something. You need to pay attention to the dreams. You need to pay attention to uh, your visions. Uh, I, I 
have taught before for, I, I think the last time I talked for five or six hours on um, dreams and visions. How do we steward our dreams and visions into a place of reality, of, of, of demonstration? And so um, we believe that. So, but here's what we said. And after these things, Genesis 15, 1, the word of the Lord, the qualified word, wasn't just any word, but it was a word of the Lord in a vision. So it's the word of the Lord, prepositional phrase, in a vision, prepositional phrase. So it is the word that came to Abram. It's the word of God that makes the significant life altering transformation in our hearts and our lives. So the word of the Lord was the first thing to come. So let the word of the Lord come to you even tonight. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not. Somebody write fear not right down there, because I'm telling you, you're going to have opportunity this year to be in great fear. But I want to encourage you, hear the word of the Lord. Write this in your journal. Highlight it. I'm, I'm, I carry my, my highlighter in my journal with me. You're right back here. I've already got some other things in my journal. You know, I'm one week into my journal, and I'm already stuffing things on the inside of the pocket. One of them is my marker for this year. And the other one, I, I can't show you part of it. So I got two items in there already. And one of them is a <clears throat> love letter from my wife. It says, Dearest Ricky. And uh, so I'm going to keep that with me in my journal all year long um, so that I can remind myself that she, this woman really does love me. And here's the other thing I am putting in my 2023 journal that I do not usually put in my journal. This is the first time, but God is doing something unique uh, in the Gulf Coast region. Again, the Spirit of the Lord, we're believing, is going to begin to move in a mighty way uh, in Pensacola, Mobile, uh, Fort Walton Beach, uh, you know, um, Mary Esther, Destin, uh, you know, on to Panama City. We just believe the panhandle is to be ablaze with the glory of God. And we've had a number of opportunities where we have seen God do amazing things. But I want to encourage you, if you're on the Gulf Coast, uh, be encouraged because the Lord knows where we are. And I believe that this is going to be a fantastic year for the Gulf Coast. So what I'm saying to you is fear not. Look, 2023 is going to be a year where if you're not, if you don't govern your emotions, you can be overwrought with fear. It's there, you know, there's so much happening right now. It's unbelievable. I was so glad today to hear that the young football player, Damar, he, he, he began to make his, his first public uh, speech uh, since he died on a football field last weekend. And But one of the things that I heard him say was um, he thanked everybody for praying for him. And he says, please keep praying for me. I'm telling you right now, we, we need to see a move of God. And I'm telling you, uh, a lot of people say right now, I want awakening. I want a revival. I want to see God move in my home, in my city, in my church. Let me tell you something. Um, you know, let, let me just remind you that revivals can be messy. They're glorious, everyone. But I'm just telling you right now, 
a, a, move, a sovereign move of God in the hearts and lives of men and women begins to produce such a radical transformation by faith that people are healed in ways you've never seen before. And, 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 and so we just want to declare that the Spirit of the Lord is doing mighty things in the midst of chaos and turmoil uh, in our world. That's why Genesis 15.1 is important for this year. Fear not, Abram. Now, when I wrote in my journal this year, fear not, from Genesis 1, uh, I wrote what the Lord said there, fear not, Abram right? So maybe you need to insert your name in that. Fear not, Ricky. Fear not. Fear not and insert your name. Make it personal. Why? Because God wants to give to us great faith in these days to believe that he is in fact able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. Now, let me ask you this tonight. Who needs a miracle tonight? Who needs a miracle? Who, who needs a miracle tonight? Catherine said, all the NFL took a need tonight to pray. This is the work of the Lord. Wow. Is that tonight? Is it like tonight? It's really remarkable. Guys, let me tell you something. Awakening begins many times in very unsuspecting places to very unlikely people. So I just want you to know tonight is a night of miracles. And one of the great hindrances to your miracle is fear. Fear that you won't be healed. Fear that, fear that it won't happen to you. Fear that you don't deserve it. Fear that God can't do it. Fear that God won't do it for you. But let me just say to you tonight, that God is able to completely heal you. So if you need a miracle tonight, just put it in there. Say, I need a miracle. Uh, Lola says, revival is broken uh, forth out of Pensacola. So we go back and hook up without outpouring and carry it forward. Lola, are you saying that it has broken out now? Is there something happening in my city that I'm not aware of? You need to let me know if that's the case. But here's what Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Somebody else, write that. Write down there in the message slot. I am your shield. Let me tell you something. 2023 may be a year where you're going to need a shield, a strong buckler, a watchtower. 2023 is going to be a year when miracles happen in ways that we have not seen before. Stacy says, I need a miracle. Gail said, I need a miracle. Deborah said, I need a miracle. I'm saying to you three, fear not. And we're going to pray and believe that the Lord is going to release miracles tonight, even on this call. Genesis 15 is right. Je oh, there's Jess Lear. Thank you for jumping in. We love you guys. I am your shield. Now watch this. God goes on to say, and all we're doing is one verse, friend, one verse. Uh, uh, um, I, I, I am your abundant compensation. Some Somebody write that down. I'm your abundant compensation, and I am your reward 
your reward is exceedingly great. Now, here's what here's where I want to go for a few moments tonight. And we were a little bit late getting going on because of a technical issue that I completely caused by myself. Which I can do. I'm very adept at creating my own technological crisis so we can see that. All right, so look. So the scripture that I want to share with you tonight, and uh, it's it's an amazing passage, again, in the Old Testament. And by the way, let me share this with you. It is a covenant passage. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a passage that's deeply rooted in the covenant revelation that reaches back to the past and reaches out to the future and begins to bring together in this dynamic moment the promise and the hope of God realized even now in our lives. So let me read a little bit of the scripture, uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 10. I'm not going to read all of the verses. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. Come on, what is a door? A door is like a gate. A, a door is a transition point. Uh, a door is a place of ingress and regress. A door is a place that we come into and we go out of. It's a transition. So at the beginning of the year, we discover that the beginning of the year often is a transition point. It's a door. It's a passage. It, we, we've, we've left 22 behind us. We're now into 23. We're coming through the door. And guess what we're doing? Like we talked about last night, we're coming through the door of a new year, reminding the Lord of his covenant promise. Does that make him mad? No, he actually invites us and reminds us to remind him, to remind him of his covenant promise. And afterward, he brought me again to the door of the house. And behold, waters issued from out under the threshold of the house eastward. For the front forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house. Isn't that interesting? And, and at the south side of the altar, then brought he me out of the way uh, gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looks eastward. And behold, there ran waters out of the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. Notice that in this passage, it says, and he, the man with the plumb line in his hand, brought me through the waters. Come on, somebody in here tonight, you need to know you're going through the waters. You're going, you're going through the waters. And the waters, he said, were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand, brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the loins. 
after he measured a thousand for and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over and he said unto me have you ha, have you seen this then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river now when i returned behold at the bank of the river there were many trees on the one side and on the other now many of us are quite familiar with this passage but i want to talk to you for a few moments because uh four nights ago and three nights ago, I talked to you about the power of a prayer life. Now, you can see those right here on my uh, Facebook page. You can go back and watch those. We're loading those up also to our YouTube channel. So if you've not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go do that at Rick Curry Ministries, because there we were going to be posting throughout the year video content that will not be on Facebook. And so, um, so what we begin to realize is that you can see the previous nights just by looking here on the Facebook page. But we talked about the, the power of the life of prayer. And then last night, we talked about the power of the blessing. Now, tonight, I, I want to do this in a way that I feel like tonight is really kind of a prophetic night. It's a night where we're going to begin to declare some things over you, over your families, your ministry, your church, your business. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we want to begin to declare that the river of God is rising in your life. The river of God is rising. Now, there are many people who believe that the church is no longer necessary, no longer is the church efficient or necessary or instrumental in shaping culture. Friend, the church needs an awakening and a transforming revival. And I believe that we are in the midst of the greatest work of God upon the earth. And so we are believing tonight that the river is rising in your family. The river is rising in your life, in your home, in your business, and in your ministry. Some of you have felt like you've kind of been ankle deep recently. It's just like, man, I really want to see something happen, but it's like I'm in the shallow water. I don't know how to get out of the shallows. And then the man measures again, a thousand cubits. And guess what? The river's up to the knees and then it's up to the loins. And then it becomes a river that the, that, that Ezekiel in this vision could not even walk in. He had to begin to swim. Uh, I believe that this is a great year. Uh, there's our good friend, uh, Ruth Willard, from up in uh, Pennsylvania, and I saw your pictures. I, I know I shouldn't just jump in and say this, but, you know, when you see people walk in the room, you, you're just excited to see them. And uh, so, Ruth, I saw your pictures of the Key Fellowship gathering, the executive team. It's amazing, and we sure would love to be back up there with you guys again. But here's the thing right here. Here's what I'm telling you. There's a river that's rising in the nations of the earth tonight. There's a river that's rising in you. Friend, we need to be over the barrenness and the dryness of a past season. We need to stop looking back to old models 
and old strategies and burned out systems. And we need to begin to pray and release an anointing of the Holy Spirit in the earth that will produce a true apostolic prophetic awakening that produces a brand new generation of evangelists, pastors, teachers, and that we might see the work of the kingdom go forth. So here's what I want to say to you tonight, just a few things in these moments, and then we're going to be done. Number one, I want you to know that in fact, there is a river. Somebody write that down here in the message slide. Somebody write that. How many of you all know there is a river? Here's what the Bible says. Psalm 46, verse 4, there is a river. Y'all know this? Who was it that wrote that song? There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high God. Come on, somebody. There is a river. I'm telling you, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, we begin to discover the hope of a refreshing, renewing, reviving river that flows throughout the kingdom of God. Psalm 23, 2. Remember, Psalm 23 is a key chapter uh, in the Bible for you and me this year. But the second verse says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Psalm 65, 9 says, you visit the earth and you saturate it with water. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. Some, all I'm doing right now is giving you the scripture. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. Why? Because I know tonight that if my hope and yours is based on an emotion, we'll be burned out by February. Come on, son. We need a revelation that is based on the power and the promise of the word of God. Friend, we need a revelation in our day that demands a demonstration. That's why we do the communion fast. It's time to come to the table. That's what my friend Ruth said. I saw their communion table right there in their meeting. I watch it. I long to be there every time. And here's what I want you to know, that it's time for the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. I'm, I'm just saying that. Uh, every great awakening and great move of God has in one measure or another ties to the restoration of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. That's why now for a few years, the Lord has been ministering to me so passionately about the Lord's Supper. That's why we do the communion fast. Um, I've never heard of anybody else doing the communion fast. As a matter of fact, I've never heard of Never heard of it at all. As far as I know, we were the first, and not that that matters, but to really take a 21-day fast and put the sacrament of the Lord's Supper at the center of it that we might return to the kingdom foundations that we might see the great revelation of God happen in our lives. So the Bible says that the river of God is full of water. So guess what, guys? It's not about to go dry. And then in Revelation, it says, then he showed me the river whose waters give life. How many of you know tonight that the river of God gives life? 
Come on, somebody. It's what it says. Then he showed me the river whose waters give life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb, just like we read about in Ezekiel chapter 47. Now, so we establish right here, there is a river. The second thing that I want to share with you is that it is a river of life. Look, the river is rising. Will somebody write that in there for me? The river is rising. Is there a song that goes like that? Can somebody come off mute and sing um, sing me a river song? You know, I know that song, There is a River Whose Streams Make Glad the City of Our God. I love that, based out of Psalm 46. But I want you to know that the, the river of God is a river of life. Uh, Ezekiel 47, 9 says, everything, everything lives where the river flows. Hear that. Everything shall live where the river flows. So if there is a river of God, and in fact, there is by revelation of Holy Spirit in Scripture, there is a river of God. And the Bible says, wherever that river flows, there is life. The river is rising. I think that's kind of how it goes. The river is rising, rising, right? Something like that. I don't know. I can't sing. But wherever the river flows, everything lives. So here's what I want you to do. Some of you have been declaring death over your family, your circumstance, your job, your inheritance, your past, your present, your future, your business. You've just been declaring death, friend. Let the let the dam open and let the river of God, let the river of life flow into you tonight so that your year might be shaped to the glory of God. Now, here's what the Bible says about the river of God. It says, first of all, it's a river of joy. Who needs joy tonight? Who, who need anybody need joy? Just go ahead and put your hand up. Say, I need joy. I want joy in my life. I want joy. I'm telling you, the enemy sometimes comes in with with dark, depressive thoughts, and he wants to entrap our minds and seal us into that emotional place where we feel like things will never change for us. But for what I want you to know is that the river is is a river of joy. Joy over here in Kentucky. That's what Lola said. And I'm I'm just going to have to go and agree with her. It is a river of joy. See, Stacy needs joy. I need joy. Look, I'm not preach, I'm not preaching or teaching or whatever I'm doing. I'm not doing this to you because you have all the needs and I have none. I'm doing this because I'm desperate. I'm hungry. I need a greater amount of joy in my life in 2023, and I'm not afraid to uh, admit it. Well, y'all are putting the joy songs in the thing, so um, let's all go to bed tonight listening to a joy song, uh, the joy of the Lord. Look, the second thing, the, the river of God is a river of peace. Now, the Lord has given Jennifer, my wife, the Lord has given to her a word for this year about peace that really I hope you get to hear her talk about that during this year. 
She's got something to say, and she needs to release it. But the Lord has given to her a word about peace. And really, almost every day this week, I'd say every day, then um, she's been talking about the Lord is ministering to her that we are to partner with peace, partner with peace. And I love that. Ruth says, enjoy means to empower with joy. So come on, somebody, that's got to be good. Nothing like the joy that Jesus gives. That's what Aunt Nell says. And if you don't agree with Aunt Nell, you might as well just hang up right now because I ain't got nothing for you. But it's a river of peace. It's a river of joy. And it's a river of peace. Can I go on or do I need to stop? Look, it's a river of healing. Somebody say that. It's a river of healing. Look, guys, we're still in the book of Genesis, and we're still in the book of Ezekiel. We haven't gotten to the book of Acts yet, and we're already finding deeply rooted into this revelation covenant promise of God, which is his holy Bible. We find that the river of God is a river of joy, it's a river of peace, and it is a river of healing. So who needs peace tonight? Go ahead and raise your hand. You may be facing a situation that you need peace in. You need peace in a situation. My Lord, I just felt the Holy Spirit come into my room. I'm telling you, I just felt that. I've, I've, been, I've been crying and I've been crying out to him now for a few days in ways you couldn't even imagine in, in, in my own experience. But here's what I want you, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Friend, I'm, I'm not oftentimes a minister of the gospel may preach on the top of the mountain with his or her feet firmly planted in a valley. Let me say it again. We can preach on the mountain while our feet are planted in the valley. And I'm preaching on a mountain because that's where I'm going. But it doesn't mean that we don't spend time in the valley. So the river of God, we, we've already established there is a river. It is a river of God. Now, here are the attributes of it. This is what the Bible says. This is not my interpretation or imagination as to what the river is. This is what the Bible says. It is a river of joy. It's a river of peace. It's a river of healing. Who needs healing tonight? See, now y'all got all these old river songs going. I got peace like a river. If you know that song, go ahead and say, oh yeah, I know that one. I got peace like a river. Gail said, I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. My goodness. Gail, I don't know. Do you sing, Gail? What do you do? So what I'm saying to you is, you may need joy tonight. You may need peace tonight. You may need healing tonight. All of these, friend, are found in the river of God. And how do we discover the river of God? We open up the revelation of his word. We read it. And by the Holy Spirit, we apply it to our hearts and lives that we might see the manifest fruit of his kingdom made abundantly beautiful. A valley, Sharon Compton says, and, and Sharon knows about valleys, but Sharon says a valley makes a mountaintop so beautiful. Come on, is that not true? And look, guys, 
I know this may be uh, interesting to some of y'all, but Jennifer and I live in Pensacola, Florida. Everybody thinks we live in Kentucky uh, or somewhere else, but we live right here. Uh, we we see people in town say, "Hey, when y'all move back?" Uh, we never left. But anyway, here's the here's the deal. I remember years ago, right here on the Emerald Coast. You know, Pensacola has the most. They've, we've got the most beautiful beaches in all of the world, hands down. Don't even debate it with me, because you know I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. So, but Pensacola has the whitest beaches in the world, a soft powder like sand. Not just Pensacola. I know it runs along the Emerald Coast over to Destin and all that, and even beyond Pensacola. But here's what I'm saying to you. For years, I lived here, and I didn't know why. What is it that makes the sand so white and makes the sand so soft on the Emerald Coast? And one day, right here in Pensacola, I read an article and discovered why. Here's what they said. They said the minerals that flow out of the Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky, West Virginia, Pennsylvania up there, Ruth, that the waters that flow out of the Appalachian Mountain Range flow into the Gulf and the minerals bleach the sands of Pensacola white and makes them so soft. And so in a newspaper article in Pensacola, it said, so when you stand on Pensacola Beach, it's like you're standing on top of the Appalachian Mountains. So I'm like, whoop, 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 whoop. Now I get it. Born in the mountains, blessed on the beach. I'll just say it. So the river of God is a river of joy. It's a river of peace. It's a river of healing. Also, it's a river of deliverance. Who needs deliverance tonight? Friend, who needs help tonight? Come on, who needs help? Let's don't be so spiritual that we can't talk in words that are easily understood. You ever get tired of hanging out with church people who try to talk so much like church people, you can't understand 10 words they say, and it's like they're scared to death to just be open and honest and real? Okay. Somebody needs some deliverance. Somebody, somebody, guess what? Guess what? There's peace, joy, healing, deliverance in the river. The Bible says that there's protection in the river. There's divine protection in the river. What's this? The river of God is a river of provision. That's why, friend, if you study up there, the, the verse I read in Psalm 65, 9, it says, you greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. Let me tell you something. The river of God is full of blessing. It's full of blessing. It's full of protection. Look, we're living in a, a crazy times. But let me just remind you, the safest place in all of the world is right in the center of the will of God for your life. Why? Because in the river of his presence, there is divine protection. There's also in the river of God, there is supernatural provision. Now, look, when I said, who needs peace? Uh, a couple hands went up. When I said, who needs uh, joy? A few hands went up. When I said, who needs healing? Several hands went up. When I said, who needs deliverance? I, I never saw a hand. 
when I say who needs provision, supernatural provision, every hand in the room goes up and we're like, Lord, we need supernatural provision. Can I tell you something? Provision is not difficult. Supernatural provision is not difficult. If we align ourselves with a covenant promise of God, if we honor him, honor him, honor him in the giving of our tithes and our offerings, and we we steward the seed that he's put in our lives, friend, you can't steal the seed of God and then get angry at him over the harvest. Well, you can't steal the seed of God and curse the field that's producing you no fruit. Well, all right. So look, in the river of God, there is great provision. Believe God. Honor him. Serve him. Believe in him. Know that he's doing it. The Bible also says that it's a river of grace. The river of God is a river of grace. Isaiah, look at this, Isaiah 48, 18 says, Oh, that you had hearkened to my commandments. Then your peace and your prosperity would have been like a flowing river. Can I read that again? Because somebody needs to hear that. And by the way, if you are one of those people who professes over your life, you're too poor to tithe, you always will be. If you're one of those people that professes over your life, you're too poor to tithe, to sow the seed that God has supernaturally blessed you with. If you're one of the people who professes you're too poor to tithe, you always will be. By the way, that just... uh came to me. I believe that was a word from the Lord. But look look at that verse again in, in Isaiah 48. Oh that, oh, that you would have hearkened unto my commandments. That's what God is saying there through Isaiah. Oh, oh, if you had only hearkened unto my commandments, then your peace and your prosperity would have been like a flowing river. So you know what? Let the river flow, man. Let the river flow. It's time we return to the Holy Bible, friend. It's time we believe God for awakening and transforming revival. It's time that we begin to sing the great songs of the church and hear the word of the Lord for this generation. Because I'm telling you what, you may feel like the river is dried up. I may need to write a song. You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling a, a songwriting anointing coming on me. Uh, you know, uh, maybe we need to write a song. Uh, you know, the river ain't dried up. It's not a very good title, so I got to work on the title before I write the rest of the song. Uh, the river of God ain't dried up. Well, it's just it's true, but it, I, I I don't really feel that it's. Uh, a really good song yet. Do y'all? So let me know about that. Now, here's the thing about the river of God. The thing about the river of God is you determine how deep you want to go. You want to go ankle deep? You can stay ankle deep. You want to go knee deep? You go knee deep. You want to go deep as the loins or the waist? 
Go. That's what. That's what exactly what Ezekiel forty-seven is saying. That's what these other scriptures. Psalm 46, Psalm 23, Psalm 69, Revelation 22, all of these other places. Look, friend, the, the Lord is not going to grab you by the nap of the neck and drag you out into the river and force you to swim. I used to have a joke when I was a boy. You know, the way they would, the, the way they'd teach you how to swim is they'd kick you off the dock, kick you into the river, and they'd say, okay, we're going to see what he does. He's going to swim. And, uh, but but the the point is this, um, God's not going to grab us by the nap of the neck and drag us out into the deep waters against our will. How deep how deep do you want to go? How much of God do you want to have? How bold are you willing to be? Are you willing? Are you even willing to take a stand for God in a godless culture? Are you even willing? to open your mouth and declare the name of Jesus in this generation. See, verse 3, ankle deep. Verse 4, it was knee deep. Then it was waist deep. And then in verse 5, it's over your head. So you're going to swim. How many of y'all have ever been, how many of y'all have ever been in over your head? Liz, have you ever been in over your head? Gail, have you ever been in over your head? Joyce, you ever been in over your head? See, look, you can be to the neck level if you want. I'm going to go over the head. I want I want to be forced to swim. You determine how deep you want to go. Here's the next thing. Here's, here's a question. So here's what I want to ask you. Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. So here's the deal. How far will you go? Now, see, here's, here's, the, here's the problem with the church. Can I tell you all, I've been doing this a long time long time. And we've had lots and lots and lots of experiences. But can I tell you something? There are a lot of people down at the church house or on Zooms or wherever you are. There are a lot of people that'll volunteer, honey. I'll volunteer. Y'all need help at the church dinner. Y'all just call me. I'll be glad to help. I'll sign my name up. Woo-wee. Will I help? And they will help. Oh, they will help. They'll help clean that dessert table. I mean, my Lord, is anybody going to take that pecan pie home with them? Well, they'll help. But where do they go? Where do these people go when it comes time to fold up all them tables? Stack up those chairs. Run the vacuum. Where's all that come from? Where Where do they go then? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Here's here's what I want you to know. How far will you go? There's a lot of people that volunteer and say, I want to go deep, but they don't change one thing. They say, I want to go deep in the word of the Lord, but they never open their Bible. They want to go to some meeting for somebody to anoint their head with oil and give them an impartate, a supernatural impartation of the revelation of the scripture. Friend, I'm telling you, it's not going to benefit you much if it does not carry with it the discipline to crack open your book. Well, all right. I think he said that. Are y'all, is anybody still with me? I don't, I don't know. I'm about done. So look. God will never force you to go deeper in him. 
Sometimes I wish he would, but the decision is yours. How far will we go? Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep? Anybody want to go in over your head? Why not just go ahead in 2023 and jump in all that he has for you? I met with somebody yesterday that gave me an assignment, and it's a big assignment. And to be honest with you, in some ways, it's a scary assignment for me because I have to write down in my journal in a way I never have before in my life, dreams and visions and goals that I have in my life. But here's the problem. Once I write them in my journal, they become real to me at a level that I don't even really fully understand. But I want to go big. Stacy wants to go over her head. Who wants to go with me and Stacy? I don't, I don't want to be in the shallow waters. Look. And look, let me let me just go ahead and say this. I, I, I know I, I hope you get this, but there's a difference in the scripture between a well and a river. So the well represents salvation. The river represents the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the hearts are sanctified, cleansed, filled, and empowered for supernatural kingdom ministry upon the earth. See, salvation is like a well, but the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that kingdom work is like the river. Uh, let me give you a scripture. Let me look over here. John 14, I'm sorry, John 4, uh, 13 says, Jesus answered and said to them, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall ne never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus illustrated in that teaching to the woman at the well that salvation is like the well. But in John 7, 37 to 39, it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him shall receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. All right? So it's an amazing thing. So the river, there is a river. It is the river of God. In that river of his presence, flows supernatural uh, attributes of the manifest glory of God in the earth today. You need joy, he is joy. You need peace, he is peace. You need healing, he is healing. You need deliverance, he is the deliverance. You need protection, he's your best protection. You need provision, he is provision. And friend, that didn't just that wasn't just birth in the book of Acts or the books of, of Colossians. That's rooted what we're looking at in the book of Genesis from the very beginning. God the Father rooted for you 
eternal principles that radically change your life. Acts chapter 2, last verse, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is to you, it's to your children, and it's to your children's children. I tell you something, Sharon, you're right. He's all I need. He's healing in your body, Linda. He's peace in every situation. He is the joy. He is worth jumping into. Look, I'll be honest. There have been times I've wanted to jump ship. Anybody, anybody on here besides me willing to confess tonight? There have been a few times I wanted to jump ship. What's that mean? Sometimes I feel like quitting. Sometimes it's like, man, that you know, sometimes you just do. You just feel like just jumping ship. But I tell you what, the only thing better than jumping ship is just jumping in. Just jumping in. Throw off all the restraints. The person who gave me my assignment this week to write in my journal, uh, he told me he wanted me to be completely honest and write out the biggest dreams that are in my heart. And you know what? That's a little bit scary for me. Can I say that? Yes, I can say that. They are. You know why? Because they are so big, they are completely beyond me. And, and I have no idea what all God might be on the verge of doing. And um, so, guys, uh, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you join us tomorrow night. And uh, same time, same place. Hope you can join us. Uh, next week, Jennifer and I will probably be on the road some, so you can be watching for that. Actually, it's really interesting because this week, as you all know, many of you, Jennifer and I got to pray with Governor Ron DeSantis and a group of leaders uh, before his inauguration on Tuesday in the free state of Florida. And we attended the inauguration after that, it was an amazing time. Um, we love the opportunity to pray for all of our leaders. This week, we've been invited to a gathering on behalf of a potential uh, governor, a candidate for governor in the state of Kentucky. And so we're just believing. I'm telling you, there are godly men and women, courageous men and women. I mean, some some of us don't have the guts to run for school board. How'd you like to run for the U.S. House of Representatives or the Senate? Uh, me, I'd, I'd love to. So, but here's what I'm saying to you. The Lord is orchestrating amazing things in the earth. Don't be distraught by what you hear or see. Let your hope rest confidently 
in this covenant. In the presence of God, there's peace, joy, deliverance, healing, protection, provision. Everything we need is in him. So tonight we're going to take the bread and we're going to break it, celebrate together tonight the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this attached to this teaching? Why? Because the covenant promise of God given to Abram, beginning about Genesis 15, covenant promise of God was sealed, sealed by the blood of the Lamb of God, his only begotten son, was sealed by the gift of Jesus Christ for the sin of all humanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, take it and eat it. And off as you do, remember me. Remember. Remember. Let's take this. When Jesus took the cup, he passed it. He told them it was his blood, represented his blood. It was the wine that he passed to them. And Jesus let them know that they were to drink all of it and, and do it in remembrance of him till we gather with him in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God, help us all. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Let's take this together. Wow. Amen. Hey, guys, um, thank you for joining us tonight. Sorry, we got a late start. We didn't start really till about uh, 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 8.30 my time. And I'm sorry that was my issue. That's what B Pastor Bay used to say. Dream a dream so big that only God can fill it. I believe that. I believe that. So write out your dreams. Why don't we all do that? Can I give you an assignment? Write out your dreams. Write them out big. And together, let's believe God for a supernatural move of his spirit in your life tonight. The river is rising in you. Hey, God bless you guys. From our home to yours, thanks for coming in. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait to see you right here again tomorrow night. God bless you guys. We love you all. We'll see you soon.